Welcome to Navigating the Universe with your hosts, Michael and Zach. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Navigating the Universe. I'm your host, Zach Hanania, and today my co-host, Michael, couldn't make it because he just traveled from Bali over to Australia, and he's just getting settled there. But uh, we have a very important program for you all today with a very special guest. But before we bring him on, I'd like to ask you all, does the way we're living right now give you hope that humanity has a long-term chance at survival? Do you believe like the way we're living today is sustainable for the future or do you think we need to change in order to improve our quality of life? Um, My guess is most of you do agree that we need to change because evidence of that is everywhere. Um, Our old ways of thinking need to be revamped individually and as a community. Um, Tupac said it very well um, in his song Changes. He says, it's time for us as a people to start making some changes. Let's change the way we eat. Let's change the way we live. Let's change the way we treat each other. You see, the old way wasn't working, so it's on us to do what we gotta do to survive. And with that, I'd like to introduce a new friend of mine who can change the way we eat. Um, He's a man with a huge vision to bring us back to the organic nutrients of Mother Nature. Let's Let's welcome Robin Ricketts to the show. How are you, my friend? Hello? Hello? Hey, how's it going, buddy? Hey, Zach, it's good. Good, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no worries, sir. There's some technical difficulties there to start out, but... uh... Yeah, good to have you on, brother. Let's, uh, if you want to intro this a little bit on your end, you can. Otherwise, uh, we can get right into the questions. Yeah, well, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be on the show. Um, you know, I've been uh, developing a system for going on 10 years now, and I've been working with uh, my, my hometown community on uh, implementing the first steps and what I believe is a system that could change uh, the way that we eat and uh, the way that our families communicate um, and also the, the health within uh, communities um, on a cellular level. Um, and uh, so I'm really, really excited uh, to be here uh, to, to share this idea publicly because up until this point, it's, uh, it's been a small community initiative and, uh, you know, something that I share with everybody every chance that I get. So thank you very much for, for giving me the opportunity to, to voice this to, to a lot of people. My pleasure, man. Like, this is some very valuable stuff that we definitely need to be talking to, especially in this day and age where there's a big lack of nutrients in our the food that we eat. And, I mean, that does kind of bring me to my first question. Like, why are you concerned for the nutrition of people today? Um, looking at it from the outside, it looks like, in the first world at least, we have all this food uh, easily accessible for us at multiple grocery stores in every city and town, but, like, why is it still a concern for you? Good question, man. 
Well, if we if we look at uh, you know the cancer rate, for example, forty um, percent uh, of people uh, develop cancer uh, in the United States, and uh, the number is around uh, thirty-five um, in in Canada. And you know that's that's just one degenerative disease. Um, we also have mental illness on on the rise, and there's you know tons and tons of studies that have shown uh, the link between um, you know uh, degenerative disease and mental uh, health issues and mental illness um, linked to uh, our nutritional uh, content and uh, the, the, the food that we eat. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in the First Nations uh, way, and they're, they're big on holistic nutrition, plant medicine. And uh, something that I've always really resonated with is uh, the saying that our, our medicine, it should be our food, and our food is our medicine. Um, and if we look at... Uh, you know, companies all over the world today, um, we're finding that these super fruit and super food uh, concentrates and stuff um, are that are high in antioxidants. Uh, they're um, uh, reducing oxidative stress and, and cancer, uh, for example, is, a, is an oxidative um, acidic disease. Um, and one way that we can we can combat the, and prevent these diseases is to um, on a regular day basis, be treating our bodies with high nutrient, mineral rich, antioxidant foods. Right on. Yeah. Like that actually pretty much answered my next question. I was going to ask you how food is medicine, but that basically explains it. Like, um, are you able to elaborate a little bit on how that affects us on a cellular level? Yeah, man. Well, like I said, uh, the world is full of, disease right now um and if we look around if, if our food is our medicine and our medicine should be our food um and we go to our local grocery store um the only thing that's really available to us is a mass-produced product um something that's been heavily sprayed and and uh if you look up uh you know roundup for example and, and glyc uh, glyphosate um these these chemicals uh do not affect our cells in a good way um and not only that um the soil that the food is grown in is lacking in a bacteria. Um, it's also locking uh, the manganese, um, which the, the food that we eat needs. Uh, the plants need that, that uh, uh, manganese. Um, so if we look at the food that we're eating and the, the nutrient density in it, and we know that the, the nutrients and the, the antioxidant uh, potential um, uh, you know, affects our cells in a certain way, then uh, you know we should be we should be gearing our actions towards making our medicine and our food nutrient rich and high in antioxidants because these are the components that contribute to a healthy cell and true health is is should be, should always be looked at on a cellular level. No, definitely, um, very good stuff you bring up there. Like, would you say it's all the pesticides and Roundup killing that manganese and making the soil? Um, lack antioxidants absolutely um, there's a very very important process uh called chelation where the bacteria in the soil um uh, helps um the nutrients go into the plant and and in turn when we eat the food and the produce we get these these uh minerals and these nutrients that our bodies so desperately need um and so if everything's mass produced and we're lacking in the, the the minerals and the nutrients, then our body is not getting what it needs. So our medicine is ineffective. 
Right, and that's a huge issue because, yeah, like you said, like cancer is at an all-time high. It's probably the number one cancer on the planet now, and all these things are ramping up despite our medicine, like in the pharmaceutical industry, appearing to be better. But, but like, it all comes down to, like, what we intake. But, um, yeah, it's very concerning. But, like, how would you go about fixing this epidemic of low nutrition? Like, what is your vision? Well, if we look at a community-based model, for example, um, the best food that you can eat is food that you know where it came from, food that hasn't been treated with harsh chemicals, food that has been grown in uh, uh, you know, bacteria-rich soil um, that has allowed the nutrients to pass into the plant. And in turn, the best way to achieve this is by growing it in our own yards, um, our own schools, uh, parks, and having a community circulatory system where the people are not only investing back into the community but also contributing to a, a circulatory program um, that benefits uh, you know the youth that the elderly and and the community the people eating the vegetables um, and uh, you know there's a lot of ways that we can do this um, and uh, I truly believe that this simple circulatory agriculture uh, agricultural um, system could be the the one thing that allows us to take our, our power back as a community and l- not only lower the cost of living, but increase um, the health in individuals within the community, bring families closer together, and you know, also educate the youth on a sustainable, morally ethic, uh, you know, health-conscious future. Definitely. That sounds amazing. Um... So in terms of like growing it in our own yards and communities and parks, like is that soil still okay? And is it organic enough, I guess, and nutrient uh, dense enough for us to grow the proper food to give the food the proper nutrients as well? Absolutely, brother. Um, You know, with, with the right system and with right education, um, we could have, you know, homeowners uh, investing in their own homegrown food uh, for their own families. Um, we can teach the kids how to, uh, you know, effectively grow high-yielding, nutrient-dense produce. Um, it could be a, an agricultural program, um, uh, almost a mandatory one for schools, because um, this is important. And um, We need to really take our health into our own hands, because if we look around, the only thing that's available to us is nutrient-lacking, mass-produced produce, right? Um, and so... Uh, if we were to convert, let's say, if we were to have a trades company, like a, like a, a landscaping, uh, landscaping type company, uh, go around and educate homeowners on how to uh, grow their own food and also help with the maintenance, um, uh, then we would be able to produce, um, as a community, uh, a large amount of high-nutrient-dense foods, um, ultimately you know, making, making the community healthier. Totally. Um, where would the funding come from for a project like that? Like, would these landscaping companies have to go around um, and volunteer to educate people? And, like, just where would the overall funding come from for the project? Awesome question, man. Um, well, I'll give you a, a little side story. Um, I'm, I'm from Port Coquitlam, and uh, I was working with the city of Port Coquitlam and uh, the um, the youth coordinator uh, in Poco, uh, someone I grew up around, he was a youth worker before, 
And uh, in the process, I found out uh, that not only does uh, do uh, credit unions, but just about every city municipality in the Lower Mainland has grants, community garden grants that are already available um, and combined can easily raise up to $100,000 to start implementing um, parks and schools, uh, gardens in parks and schools, community gardens, school gardens. Um, now, on a, on a yard basis, to convert front and backyards, that would be a homeowner's responsibility. That would be them investing into their own health and their own family's health um, and teaming up with uh, an established landscape-type gardening company that's attached to an education system um, that would educate the, the, the homeowners and the families on how to grow their own food and maintain it, and, you know, get a high yield and to make it as nutrient-dense as possible. Well, wow, yeah, I find that fascinating that I've never heard before until speaking with you this earlier this week and right now, like I never heard that there was these grants just so easily available and it kind of baffles me how this hasn't already been exercised because these grants already exist. Like, does that not surprise you as well? I was, I was super surprised that, uh, you know, you, you hear about community gardens, uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, the benefit that they have to communities, but uh, you don't really see um, anyone attached to a, a circulatory system that, you know, could lower the cost of, of, of food or the, the lower cost of uh, living for the community. Um, right now, no one's really taking the lead with this. And I think it's because of, you know, the, the, the funding. Uh, a lot of people haven't, like, gone out there and, and got the, the volunteers in order and then applied for the grant. So it's a very new thing. Um, but I see this, like, I mean, we have all the stepping stones that we need and I see this developing and spreading like wildfire um, and, you know, really helping our communities take the power back. And, uh, and, you know, if you look at uh, an example, you look at mental illness, I truly believe that, you know, a lot of uh, mental illness today results from stress and, uh, you know, our cost of living specifically. And uh, if it, it's a beautiful idea to, to have, uh, you know, a system where people are growing their own food, becoming tighter as a community. And, uh, you know, we have leaders that uh, are, you know, knocking on doors and, and uh, accepting these grants and, you know, getting the volunteer power through, through uh, the school boards and the elderly, uh, which is essentially a free labor uh, um, force, um, which would allow us to reduce the cost of the vegetation because it was essentially grown for free. And, uh, you know, sold to the, to the community to reduce costs, saving the people money. But not only that, if, if attached to a nonprofit organization, we could actually raise funds. We could, we could use the, the produce and have a donation program. Say the, home, the homeowners um, who have uh, invested in their own family's health and, and created these gardens. Let's hypothetically say they donated 30 or 40 percent of the produce back to the nonprofit organization. And then it was sold in farmer market type, uh, you know, uh, uh, food stands around the city. Now, now, not only have we gotten families healthier and, and created a tighter community, we're creating a savings pool. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing, man. That sounds like the perfect plan. Um, I mean, obviously, things don't go as smoothly as like they sound all the time, but it sounds like this is a solution to a huge problem that is honestly global. Um, so, I mean, we have seen, like you said before, 
around communities today, community gardens and stuff, but what would be the difference between the gardens uh, you plan on implementing in these parks and these communities versus the ones that already exist today? Good question, man. So basically the community gardens that exist today um, are uh, mostly ran by the elderly population. Um, you know, we all know that uh, the elderly love the garden and uh, it's, it's been proven to be very therapeutic. And, uh, but the, the produce um, that's being, uh, you know, grown is, is being shared among the community. And uh, the difference would be a mission, a, the mission statement. And uh, with, with the nonprofit organization um, that uh, is, is whose mission is to not only just produce the, the produce to, you know, to give away and, and to, you know, bring a tighter community, this, this nonprofit organization, this mission statement is attached to lowering the cost of living and educating, uh, you know, the, the community on effectively growing high yielding, um, you know, nutrient dense foods. Um, and in turn, also creating a savings pool that can be reinvested back into more community gardens, um, you know, more, more yard conversions. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I love to think very big, Zach. And uh, I see this being grounds to eventually fund our own power producing technologies. Um, and there's some bylaws that we may have to pass uh, in order to do so, like tapping into our waterways with, uh, you know, safe energy producing technologies. So that's, mm -hmm. that's the difference is, uh, you know, we're taking things, to a much bigger scale from a simple community garden to a massive community uh, organized nonprofit um, system, circulatory system of not only agriculture, but also currency and uh, funding power. Mm. So I was going to ask you what a circulatory system is. Is that basically just like something that is self-sustaining and just continues to like, be built or can you elaborate on that absolutely well i i would i would closely reference it to like the human body you know uh everything has a component and and uh you know the blood moves around um anything works in in union and uh you know with nature and uh it's uh it essentially is a, a self-funding circulatory system of currency and agriculture so it's uh it's, mm -hmm. it's literally a living being that uh, communities adopt and uh, it has, and you know, it allows, it allows the body to be healthy. It allows the community as a body to be healthy. That's why I like to reference it as a circulatory system. Right. No, that's beautiful. Um, this has very beautiful energy around it. Like this whole idea and just imagining the possibilities for me, at least this really brings me alive. Um, like, I guess, I, I'm just going to move on with my questions because I'm just getting excited now, just imagining the possibilities here. But uh, where, I love that. <laughs> where in the communities would you say would be the best spots? Because like I've seen small portions of land dedicated in a community for their uh, little community gardens. But would you say to grow more for the community, like they need to dedicate an entire park, like a, the size of at least a soccer field or so, or what would you say? You know, I'm sure it, it would develop into large gardens like that. Um, you know, the reason for mass produced uh, for mass production is to feed the people. Right. And that, that requires large plots of land. Um, and in turn, uh, you know, these chemicals to, 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 you know, make these high yielding uh, uh, products. Um, but 
if you look at if you look around at the community, man, everybody has front and backyards. There's uh, green strips um, between sidewalks and and roads. Um, there's so much soil everywhere that's not being utilized. And right. with with the right uh, bylaw passes um, and uh, with the right communications, we can utilize the space that exists within the community already. Um, we actually already have people uh, around the world doing rooftop gardens and utilizing flat roofs um, and uh, tower gardens, um, multi-platform gardens as well, um, just utilizing space as best as we can. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up on air here is since we do live in Canada and things only grow for about four months a year in this country outdoors, would there need to be the implementation of greenhouses? And is that sustainable in a place that has such a cold climate? Very good question, man. Uh, I'm out here in Alberta right now. And uh, you're right, the growing season isn't that long. Um, but uh, if we if we actually go if we go back in history, and we look at uh, year round growing methods, um, there's there's technologies and there's uh, you know um, techniques to allow growing year round. Um, an example: um, if you dig four feet into the ground and uh, cover the, the 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 roof with you know a plexiglass or uh, a biodegradable plastic or whatever, um, you actually um, and you can also have a small heater, a small solar panel uh, he- heater, which controls your environment. And this allows us to grow food year round, even during the harsh seasons. Because as long as you control your environment and your your uh, soil temperature, uh, there's no reason why we can't grow year round. Now, in places like BC, where the growing season is you know about six six to seven months, um, you know a lot of that would be above ground. But places like Alberta would absolutely adopt these these uh, ancient techniques uh, to grow year round. Yeah, that's amazing. And like, I mean, obviously with the combination of the funding from the grant along with the funding just from having all this extra organic food um, that we could sell to communities outside of ours and for families who have excess vegetation that like they don't need to keep it all for their own family and they donate it to like creating more funds for this cause while we sell that to the rest of the city. Um, That just like, has dollar signs written all over it for me. And that obviously like would be the way that we would be able to pay for all these greenhouses, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we could also take it a step further and save the community uh, by the, or from uh, power and electricity, uh, reinvesting these dollars into uh, power producing technologies and lowering the cost of living via electricity and putting that, those dollars right back into the circulatory system. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so I know you did you know, mention eventually, solar. Sorry, go on. Eventually, eventually, what would be beautiful is to see, you know, uh, people of power, people with, you know, lots of money, um, you know, who have who have gained massive wealth to um, adopt this system and, uh, you know, take it uh, and and uh, invest and fund um, uh, community startups as well. You know, once this ball gets rolling and we see the benefits that it has to the community, I I don't see why you know, some of the richest people in the world, you know, who've always wanted to change the world might want to jump in and, and really take it to the next level. Oh, very true. All it takes is a few investors that have good hearts to really take this to an even further level beyond um, this logical business model that you already have explained. Absolutely, man. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, Thanks. So, in your eyes, like, what is the best case scenario then? Is that what you basically just explained? Like, a few investors take this to an even further level, and, like, are you looking at a global expansion? Um, you know, it's uh, if, if something works and, uh, you know, people are seeing immediate benefits and, uh, you know, if, if, if this truly is a system that the world has de- desperately needed, um, then I don't see why it wouldn't, you know, spread like wi- wildfire. And, uh, you know, as, as, you know, beautiful heart-based beings that we are, human beings, um, you know, once, once a, a community is successful and, and has created, um, you know, a circulatory system, um, and, uh, you know, a good funding capital, um, I can see us helping our neighboring communities and then, you know, the ball just rolling from there. Um, and, uh, you know, community after community after community, um, you know, one of my biggest passions has always been the power of self-sufficient communities in terms of agriculture and electricity and, you know, even products and just circulating, you know, our money within ourselves and, and in a, in a morally ethic way, um, you know, with beautiful products that are good for us. Right. Um, and, right. Uh, yeah, man, I see this. I see this spreading like wildfire all the way down the coast, and then, uh, you know, and even and even you know helping a harsher climates, uh, you know, with their uh, with their own technologies to do this in their own communities. Yeah, amen to that, man. Like it's so nice to hear that. Rather than, I mean, giving our power away to these big industries, um, we can actually take some of the power back into our own hands and create a self-sustaining self-sufficient community, especially like on this topic today with foods and stuff. It's, it's uh, empowering. Absolutely, man. And, you know, thank, thanks to you, man. Thanks to you for creating space and, uh, and, you know, creating this program and uh, raising awareness about topics like this. I really give you kudos. Thanks a lot, man. I'm getting excited uh, interviewing people such as yourself that have expertise in their niches and want to share it with the world because it's definitely information that deserves to be shared. Um, It's a privilege of mine to be able to have you guys on to share your wisdom and stuff because like this stuff, it's becoming more talked about. Like we are awakening as a species, but um, it's been slow. It's kind of been a slow onset. It's ramping up now. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited to be part of that uh, by providing this platform, or at least helping provide a platform where we can share the good news like this. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you, I know you brought up uh, solar energy powering the greenhouses, like um, like the lamps within them and stuff like that. What other energy sources that are like um, environmentally friendly would you utilize? Like I know you talked about tapping into river systems um, and stuff like that, but could you elaborate on that? Absolutely. Well, the most effective uh, um, hydro system that I've I've researched and found today is uh, this toroidal uh, gravity uh, technology, and it basically diverts um, small streams and rivers. Uh, without affecting the the local wildlife, um, so instead of damming a river and and you know putting nature to a halt, um, which is very costly, um, instead installing these uh, they're 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 almost like toilets. Um, you 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 know you dig a, a space beside the river, you divert the water, and uh, as the water comes into the device, it uh, it goes down a toilet bowl uh, like um, uh, design, which also creates gravity, uh, which 
spins uh, a panel at the bottom um, powering batteries. Now, if you had if you had um, you know ten of these lined up, you could easily uh, produce enough power for a local neighborhood. And in places like British Columbia, uh, there's there's streams and rivers everywhere. But right now, we currently face a, um, a, a loop or a hoop to jump through, and that's uh, bylaws that uh, disable us from being able to use these technologies um, in our local streams. There's a lot of uh, wildlife protection acts in place, but with the right communication and uh, you know the right proposal, I don't see why the the cities and you know even the government of Canada uh, wouldn't um, you know make some changes to allow self-sufficient communities which are so beneficial to, to really be implemented. Yeah, that's amazing. And like, I'm sure the bylaws are going to be a hurdle to climb in every, well, almost, or almost every location that you implement uh, these energy plants in, um, in terms of circulating the water and stuff like that. But um like, do you have anyone helping you right now? And is there any way that we can help you uh, get started in all of this? Like, do you have a company and uh, do you have professionals on your side that can work on those proposals? Yes, absolutely. Um, at, at this point right now, it's uh, ground floor. Um, I was, uh, I've been working with the city of Port Coquitlam, uh, developing the first uh, community garden behind Hyde Creek. And, uh, so that would be, and then and then there's also uh, connecting the school boards. Um, so you know, a lot of it is communication. Um, you know, sitting down with principals, uh, you know, uh, school superintendents, um, park park and rec um, uh, coordinators, um, the mayor of of the the community, and uh, you know, so the communication is one aspect. So if if there's anybody out there who has these connections. Um, and, and believe that they could be a force in this, uh, you know, to, to stand up and, and, and connect arms and link arms with us. Um, and uh, on the other side, I actually am, I'm creating, I've created a, a company called Great Green Gardens. And uh, it's basically one of those landscaping gardening type companies have the educational system uh, attached to it. And I'll basically be converting front and backyards to get the, uh, the homeowners uh, in the loop. That's so awesome, man. Um, is there a way that people can contact you so they can get on board if they would like to help with either the landscaping or the communication side of things? Absolutely. If uh, if anybody wants to, to link arms and, and run with this, uh, they can add me on Facebook. Um, I'm under Robin Ricketts, R-O-B-I-N-R-I-C-K-E-T-T-S uh, on Facebook. And uh, and yeah, just uh, shoot, shoot me a link and uh, let's get talking. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I really hope that like we can spread this as fast as possible because obviously for all the reasons you pointed out, there's a huge need for this in today's society and in today's um, health industry. Like we're very much lacking um, compared to where I know we could be. Um, Lastly, is there any investors right now that are helping you out? And um, if not, would you also redirect them to your Facebook? Absolutely. Uh, no, no investors yet. Um, besides, you know, the, the existing credit unions and uh, the Lions Club um, and city municipalities. Um, so it's just a matter of, uh, you know, getting these grants accepted 
And, uh, and then, you know, if any, if, if anybody is out there listening that, uh, you know, does, you know, have the wealth and, and the passion and the mission statement in, in, in their own hearts to, uh, you know, jump on board and, and run with something that could truly help the world then absolutely reach out. And, uh, we can sit down and crunch some numbers and find some land and, uh, get, get planting some seeds, man. Fuck yeah, man. Um, I want to thank you again sincerely for coming on the show and raising awareness to this very important topic and yeah I very much look forward to helping you spread the word on this because it's definitely something that's worth um, my time and um, anyone else's time who's looking to help save the planet excellent thanks a lot Zach yeah thanks again and uh, we'll have you on the show again soon I'm interested to see where all this goes uh, as this manifests into reality beautiful i look forward to being back all right buddy we'll have a great rest of your day thanks again and uh we'll talk soon sounds good ciao for now